I like that this just starts with chaos. This is great. Stick this, <laughs> stick, stick this on the B-roll. Stick this as the intro of the podcast. I Charles thought is, I would have dived Charles in is, here. Charles is lying again. Hello and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. This is the pre-draft special, and we've got all of the studs lined up for this one. I oh, know we've not. We've got Gordon, Ian, Charles, and Paul instead. Then so never mind. Uh, the stud couldn't make it. Sorry, Jamie. He was going to join us last night, but we moved it. Getting into this one, obviously the last time we spoke, there was a bit of analysis about all free agency. Again, in the down season, a couple of weeks off. I hope you've all been doing your research because I'm going to be chucking questions at you thick and fast. But before we even get into it, Ian Stephen, we're going to start with you. You have paid your quarterback. He is the highest paid player in NFL history. Are you happy? I think we're happy because as you alluded to, Cameron, it is the down season. We're going crazy. And we've got something to talk about when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, and it's a heck of a pay deal, isn't it, for a player who this time last season nobody thought was going to be um, playing in the NFL um, beyond a second contract. So it just goes to show you that um, from um, the smallest seeds, the brightest flowers bloom. <laughs> But it's interesting um, because well, it's interesting because it sets a precedent in the quarterback market now. So you've got Lamar Jackson looking at that deal, thinking, "Well, I want that or better." Um, and he was then, already offered that, and then I was going to Bur- say, Burrow's going to get offered a deal that's going to go above that, and then you've got Herb, you Herbert, and it's all it's all going to kick in. It's all going to be crazy money. But remember, half of all that money goes straight to the tax man. So don't get too excited when talking about those figures. Depends on which state you're in. No, no, um, it's still about 50% before they add in the state. If you're California, you basically get a bag of peanuts and that's your salary for your career. Half a bag of peanuts, that's it. You know, come on, there's restrictions over there. This this paying a quarterback thing, does that ever happen in Baltimore? Uh, yes, I'm pretty certain Joe Flacco was made the highest paid quarterback <laughs> in NFL history at his time. But that's, so, that's, 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 what that's, a, that's, statement. A, that's a paradox. How but, can you make the worst quarterback, the highest paid. That doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, unlike Jalen Hurts, he won a Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah, but so does Nick Low Foles. blow. It's, the, it's not quality of quality of player that wins a Super Bowl. Anybody can win a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Who was your Super Bowl? Well, hang, on, who, hang on, though. Who was your on. quarterback when you won your first Super Bowl? Trent, Trent Delford. There you go. Good. It but, goes to show you. you, I, you rubbish, I, I, rubbish no, quarterbacks no this Bowls. is... This is the, out of the five of us, who's got the worst quarterback? Uh, oh, uh, Paul. There you go. New Orleans Saints are going to the Super Bowl and winning it this season. You heard it, heard it here <laughs> there's, first. So there's different, though, there's different flash in the pan quarterback wins. Joe Flacco and Nick Foles were good in the Super Bowl and playoffs. Yeah, but they were Brad, rubbish Brad the Johnson, rest of their careers. Brad Johnson and Trent Delfer. I, I, think, I think that's a very, very harsh uh, reflection on Joe Flacco's career. He was, he was good in the playoffs throughout his career. You're not going to argue it, Gordon. You did an incredibly good defense both times and rubbish quarterbacks. Uh, t- 2012, they did not have an incredibly good defense. They had, still, the, they had the broken husks of Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. It's still, better, it's still better than the majority of the other teams, though. And, but we're digressing, as usual, Gordon has taken us on a rambling tangent with his. No, I, I genuinely want to ask Gordon, where are Baltimore? What is the latest, as far as you know? And 
is this just going to be drama all the way up to the start nope. of the season? Just procrastination no one, as usual. No, no one knows. He doesn't. He doesn't have an agent, which is making it difficult. If if he had an agent, I'm pretty certain he would have been signed to a deal by now, with the Ravens or not. But so, like last, apparently last season, this isn't even apparently. This is Lamar himself tweeted the numbers. So there was like two deals. One that Lamar tweeted about was a three-year deal pretty similar to what Jalen Hurts has just signed. And the other one was apparently a five-year deal that had more in practical guarantees. Because there's this whole thing, the, the stupid thing about basically what Lamar seems to want is the Deshaun Watson deal. And no one NFL team appears willing to do that for anyone other than the Browns for Deshaun. And even everyone goes back and they go, oh, the Saints in Atlanta, they were they were going to pay Deshaun that last year. They probably weren't, though, because if you remember when that happened, the Browns were out on Deshaun. Deshaun had said he wasn't going there. Deshaun Watson was not going to the Browns. And then out of nowhere, that's where he got traded to because they were the team willing to give a fully guaranteed contract. So, I don't know. If, if, Lamar, if Lamar Jackson wanted... The Ravens' offer is, and there'll probably be a revised offer that's slightly more. In fact, I think the last offer that was reported was slightly more than what Jalen Hurts has just signed for. Like, if he doesn't want to sign it, he doesn't doesn't sign it. Does (laughs) the fact that Hurts' contract isn't fully guaranteed help Baltimore more than it helps Lamar in this negotiation? Well, well, I mean, it should. But if, if Lamar had an agent, then... Yes, it would definitely help because it set it. The whole thing was Deshaun Watson set the precedent, and this is this is what's going to happen now. Blah blah blah, and that's now a couple of quarterback deals. And it what it says is that the Deshaun Watson deal is the outlier, not what it's actually going to be. But that only really works if Lamar Jackson is getting advice from agents that says, "Look, you're probably not getting a fully guaranteed contract," and actually. This offer from the Ravens it would have been like 180 million in practical guarantees because it would have been 100 and 150, I think, guaranteed at signing. You have to, then, you have to, you have to factor in the extra 10 percent as well, Gordon, because he doesn't have his agent, so he doesn't have that 10 percent going to the agent for doing the deal. So I, it's not I, just mirroring the Hurts deal; it's getting an extra 10 percent on top of that. Yeah, but. He's doing himself out of money long term. Like if he doesn't sign a long term deal this off season, he probably can't catch Josh Josh Allen, who was in the same draft class, for like the overall money he'll make over the lifetime of, of his NFL career, because he got you know he had his four years first where he got paid a couple of million, then he got the fifth year option year where he got twenty three million. By that point, Josh Allen already signed his monster contract. Now Lamar this season, he's on the non-exclusive franchise tag. So he's only going to make 32 million if he signs it. Or he could make Did you just say did you just say only 32 million? Well, but in I mean just in case anyone's wondering, Gordon lives in the West End of Glasgow. <laughs> That's a very small amount of money to him. What could you do All with right. 32 million in the West End of Glasgow? Hmm. One avocado? Uh, <laughs> you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to sort out West End team's finances, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned it, that it's an outlier, the Watson deal. It is. The problem, the problem for Lamar Jackson and for Baltimore is that there are two quarterbacks coming down the track in Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert who will reset the market again in the next six to 12 months, maybe sooner. Yes. 
So, I mean, you know, ultimately someone's going to have to break at some point. And the problem for the Baltimore Ravens is the fact that the the franchise is in limbo until this is sorted out. So when you say someone's going to have to break, like the Ravens, if the Ravens made him an offer that's very, very similar, if not better to the deal that Jalen Hurts has just signed, that would have made him the highest paid player in NFL history. So like at what... Or they have to break and they have to give him a fully guaranteed yeah, yeah. contract. What, what you have to, what you have to remember though, Gordon, is the the first four years of Jalen Hurts' deal is concomitant with Daniel Jones's deal. In fact, Daniel Daniel Jones actually costs the franchise more over the next four years than Jalen Hurts does. So his his deal is effectively incredibly team friendly, and I don't think Jackson wants to go down that route. I think Jackson just wants to get paid and if, if that's his decision that's his decision and somebody will pay him at some point it's just who blinks first and let's I, consider why does he want to get paid because i think he knows that from a physical standpoint he might not even have five years left in the league yeah that's a really good point that's the problem the difference between lamar jackson and jalen hurts is that jalen hurts first of all is is younger he's played one really good season um lamar jackson is Two years older, three years older, or certainly two or three more seasons older, and, and so he has Lamar, he has Lamar not completed like one of the last three seasons. Uh, he has not he's he's physically not been able to complete a season in, um, since his MVP season, and that is a major I mean, problem for that, him as an that's, individual. That's very harsh if we're calling him missing the last quarter of the Bills game, him not finishing the season. Well, that's, the bottom that's line is, is he he can't stay fit, and he know he knows it, and the, the Ravens know it to be fair as well. So you can see what where they're going no, on that from. Again, though, I, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's a fair reflection on what the offer the Ravens have made. The issue, though, is, so I, can't remember, I think it might have been Ian who said someone's going to pay him. Someone's going someone's to offer him that guaranteed contract. I don't know that they are. Because as soon as the Ravens announced he was on a non-exclusive franchise tag, which meant that they could all negotiate with him, teams like Atlanta, teams like Carolina, who had top 10 picks this year, and Carolina made the move to go up and get a quarterback, they could have, for less draft capital, they could have signed Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet. And they know know the Ravens don't want to spend... Gordon, some teams value draft picks more than they value money. But but Carolina, though, what Carolina gave to go up to number one, for that draft capital, for less than that draft capital, they could have signed Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet. And David Tepper has minted. He could afford escrow for the fully guaranteed contract. The teams in the NFL, whether or not it's collusion or whether or not it's just a, a thing that they all individually don't want to go down that route. So far, what given the opportunity to make offers to Lamar Jackson, knowing that he wants a fully guaranteed contract, none of the 32 teams in the NFL have made a fully guaranteed contract offer to him. And they all had the opportunity to do it. Are you surprised, Gordon, on with that vein of thought that Hertz has signed his contract now uh, rather than perhaps continue to wait out to see what happens? Because if Jackson does somehow get it fully guaranteed, it's going to become the new normal or it's going to be very hard for it not to for the top quarterbacks renegotiating their contract deals. And I wonder whether Burrow and Herbert might just sit on their hands and wait and see what happens here. But so I, I doubt I doubt Burrow would have the option to go fully guaranteed in Cincinnati. 
because they are like they got the stadium name and rights. They they now got a new sponsor with Skyline Chili, all that stuff, which would suggest that's them kind of like pumping up the money so that it's easier for them to sign. The problem with gar- fully guaranteed contracts is you have to put the money in escrow with the league office to, to sign a player to a fully guaranteed contract. So you have to have, if you want to sign, let's say the Bengals tomorrow want to sign Joe Burrow to a fully guaranteed contract. They have to, so let's say he gets 50 million year one, whatever it is. The rest of that money has to go to the league office. and sets It's as proof that we can afford this fully guaranteed contract. Jalen Hurts thing though, Ian, what's, how much is Jalen Hurts guaranteed? It's like it not and not even just one hundred seven a five, is it not? Right, right mm. yeah. So, so like it's fully guaranteed for. I, I think, think it's less than that. Yeah. No, the, the fully guaranteed I think is one seventeen, but practical yeah. guarantees because they're not going to cut them within a year, and there's a roster bonus due next year that bumps it up to one hundred and seventy. It's, it's something like that. Whatever the number is, Jalen Hurts is signed for a significant amount of guaranteed money, and also you know realistically you can go and you can renegotiate that down the line like if i was lamar jackson the three-year offer he got is probably a pretty good one to take because you could even negotiate like no franchise tag or something within that three-year deal or something you know you can't franchise tag me and and i'll sign this three-year deal but jackson would still be like 28 29 years old when he becomes a free agent again at that point so you're then getting kirk cousins has made so much money in his nfl career because he's signed three-year deals, four-year deals, stuff like that. Yeah, but part, part of the reason Kirk Cousins has made so much money is because he doesn't try and rush for a 1,000 yards every single season, which is what Jackson and Hurts potentially want to do. When they, I, I don't, they I don't think... So I, I don't think Jackson or or Hurts play in particularly dangerous manners. D- Jackson's two injuries have come on passing plays. Wait, wait, have you not seen the quarterback sneak the Eagles do? It's worse than a rugby scrum. He's basically, Hurts is basically the hooker <laughs> with his, his neck in between people's legs and everybody jumping down on him. If you were if you were to analyse all, all the starting quarterbacks in the league and if you were to do some kind of probability of who's going to get injured first, I think Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson would probably be quite near the top of the list. I think people have done this and it's, that's not true. Well, like they, I'd love to see the evidence, but the setting that aside, if you've got a quarterback who's who's ultimately got a, a track record of being injured, which unfortunately that's what he's got like now. He, he does, yes, and that, that's going to play a part is, in negotiations. He, 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 yeah, and that has lost. That's and it, it creates a problem for him as an individual. Now we can't talk about how the logic of whether you sign or not is. The agent thing, I think you're absolutely right. If he had an agent, he would have signed. But you cannot account for an individual essentially deciding, do you know what? Maybe actually this is not the place for me at all anyway. Now, that's the other thing. No one's actually heard from Lamar Jackson properly for how long? Months. Yeah, I mean, he tweeted out. Tweet. A very cryptic tweet just as John Harbour turns up to the stage. Someone actually needs to sit down with him at some point and find out what actually is going on inside his head. But and of course, Char- Char- Charles has got experience with dealing with quarterbacks who you need to sit down and try and get inside look, their head. Let's get him on Pat McAfee. The final, the final thing like- I'm going to say on this is the very simple point. If he does not want to be in Baltimore, maybe he doesn't. All right, That's absolutely fine. He currently can negotiate contracts with every team in the NFL. That team has to give up two first-round picks. What will be really interesting is, does something happen after the draft? So if you're Atlanta... 
do you want to sign Lamar, but you don't want to give up the eighth overall pick? So you pick eighth overall this year, and then you then go and you sign Lamar after the draft. And at that point, it's, you know, whatever pick you wind up with next year. Like that, that, I think, could be interesting. But right now, he can negotiate with all 32 teams in the NFL. If he doesn't want to be a Baltimore, there's an option to do it. It's not happening. So, like, at some point, something has to give there. Moving from one quarterback controversy to the next, Cameron. <laughs> 49ers receiving trade calls for Trey Lance. This does not a controversy make. Um, I receive calls asking me if I want to go out for dinner, um, but I'm a married man, so the answer is a quick no and we move on from it. You so it doesn't mean <laughs> that there's any question marks about my marriage. I don't blame anybody for calling and asking. That doesn't mean anything's going to happen. I, so, I would, but but, but to be, be fair, Cameron, to be fair, Cameron, you've got a track record of disappointing women, so that's absolutely fine. I think there would be questions about your marriage if you'd moved another woman in and slept in the same bed as her for all of last year and then said, <laughs> this is the woman I want to be with going forward, which is what the 49ers have done with Brock Party. Especially, especially if you had given up essentially um, quite a lot to get the original woman and then gone and picked the other one pretty much you, off the street. You, you've, <laughs> had, you've had an absolute nightmare with this analogy, Cameron, by the way. I, I think it's perfectly <laughs> fine. I think that if, you're, uh, if your wife was incapacitated for a period of time and you had to have a replacement in to, to fill that gap, then you would go with that wife until the other wife was fully fit and able to take back responsibilities, but, right? But that's, this but is that, the that's Mormon not, way. That's so, not what the 49ers are doing, though. They are, hold, on, they are, hold on, whose gaff yeah. is Cameron being filling? Is he having an affair? <laughs> I've in and out here. What's going on? Ca- Cameron, I, I think you... what, what we're saying is Cameron's going to be sleeping on the sofa as soon as his good lady hears this podcast. The I, would, I, would like to, I would like to think the two women fell in love and they've got a nice blossoming relationship <laughs> and Cameron's kicked to the curb. The situation is that a quarterback came in and went on an unbeaten run until he was injured against the Eagles he also in the wasn't championship that good, game. Like this, he wasn't that good. He wasn't that good. thing we need to talk about. He's but, not that good. He's not no, proven to be that good yet. He was all right. And he did some decent stuff. He looked pretty clean. Do you know what? He caught... Uh, he did some mildly flashier stuff than Jimmy G did. However... Um, it's the right call. Of course you're going to do that, right? Um, let's think about uh, scenario. Let's, so. let's bring it back, whoa, let's bring it back to Scottish football. So Xander Clark comes in for Craig Gordon, plays really, really well. Hart's got an unbeaten run, right? He doesn't necessarily play sensational, but You've Hart's just run. admitted he no. didn't play really, really well. He played I never, okay. He played okay. He played better than okay. Playing okay is a nonsense, right? He played well. He played well. We still don't know what Trey Lance is because he's not had the opportunity to do it. So it wouldn't surprise me for us to say Brock's the guy to start the season. Oh, but you know what? Brock's injured. Trey, you're going to now fight against Sam Darnold, which hopefully you can win if you can, and then he's got a problem. But Trey, it's going to be your team to start the season, and you've got nothing to lose here because it's Brock's the guy. Trey's in there. Trey goes unbeaten. It makes it a very difficult situation to drop him. Do you I, know what I? The situation. That personally, I am loving this. You know, hypothetical outside but possible chance. The 49ers do field a couple of trip calls for Trey Lance. They decide. You know what? 
we're going to trade him. And then we start with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy proves that he's actually Mr. Irrelevant and he's meant to be a Mr. Irrelevant. He's absolute bin fire. And Sam Darnold is starting as the number one quarterback come November for the 49ers. And I would you know absolutely what? love that. Could happen. It could be. It could have been that Brock Purdy was a total flash of the pan. He he showed that he wasn't prone to making in the period that we saw him ridiculous mistakes. He was pretty safe with the ball. He drove us down the field. He made some really good throws. There was clearly chemistry there. He He's made, also he comes, made a he made a handful of really good. The, the he, Brock- He's also completely the opposite of what. Kyle Shanahan has been talking about for years about what he wants from a quarterback. Yep, from Trey Lance. Totally think- compl- they, they traded the house for Trey Lance. They right. identified him as an as the identical person to get the most out of the Shanahan system. And you all know what I think about that. But to then essentially say, hang on a minute, this guy who's coming for 10 games is better than the guy that we did a whole pile of research on, traded up for, and essentially put our faith in as as an entire franchise. That strikes me as completely illogical. This is like, we're, we're talking absolute hypotheticals. Let's save this conversation when something's actually no, happened. No, let's not, right? because it's relevant today, because they're It's not relevant. Stop hiding they're from the discussion. They're fielding calls. You are, you are being a shite bag because you can't <laughs> not at all entertain this discussion. Here's The 49ers have won a watch here, by the way. With how, Brock Purdy, with how Brock Purdy played last year, they've won a watch because Brock Purdy is under contract for so little money in within context of American uh-huh. football, Ian, not within actual money. Makes a lot more money than I make. He's under contract until the end of the 2025 season. Trey Lance is under contract for another good couple of seasons. You trade it up for Trey Lance. Here's how you handle that situation. If they're both healthy in the offseason, we'll have a quarterback competition. If if only Trey Lance is ready to start the season, Trey Lance, unless he's terrible in training camp and Sam Darnold beats him out, Trey Lance is our starting quarterback week one. And if Trey Lance struggles, you go to you, this whole idea that there appears to be this. This is what I'm saying. This is, you're repeating this, to me what I'm saying to you. But this, <laughs> this is, is but this is not this well, is not what's happening. If if the 49ers are leaking to the press, which is what they've done, the 49ers are fielding trade calls for Trey Lance, that is not. We're keeping Trey Lance and we're happy with this. That is, that is, we know that his trade value now is probably the highest it's going to be for us. So we're getting rid of it. That's what it is. Possibly. I, reckon, and, I, bet, I bet they reckon they can get a first for him as well. They, they can. No they can't. First, no. But I bet they think they can. Because they re- they realize, and I think they probably realized pretty quick that they overpaid. Oh, absolutely. I mean, quite possibly it was always a it was a risky strategy with a guy that didn't have a lot of experience, had a lot of upside, needed to prove himself. I need to go back to really the broadcast from two years ago when yeah, you were really vehemently saying this was the greatest idea since sliced bread. But anyway. I've never at one point on. said anything of the sort. I, this is not the case. This, I tell you what, you go look at those podcasts and you find where I say this is the greatest idea since sliced bread because it didn't happen. But... I, yeah. I think it was absolutely fine though. Trading up for a quarterback is fine. Like if Trey Lance, if you trade up for Trey Lance, it doesn't work. Fine. Paid less people. than the Panthers have paid to get the number one. That's that's fine. But the the issue I have with it is that you're then like, yeah, we'll trade him for a third round pick and not he'll not be here. If that's like, what they do, yeah. Yes. And if, they, if that's if, what they do, then we'll have that conversation. We can digest well, it. Well, no, but let's apart. let's conversation now though because you're flat out avoiding it and everyone can not avoiding it. it. 
You are. So if the 49ers traded Trey Lance for a third round pick or later. I will admit it was a mistake to trade up for him. What? That, that's the that's the part I don't understand. Surely the bigger mistake is you actually have two cost-controlled rookie quarterbacks that you're setting yourself up for a situation whereby you don't know enough about Trey Lance. You trade him away for, let's, let's hypothetically, it's a third-round pick. Yep. And if it they might... feel already that they're willing to let him go for a third-round pick, He's not the player that we thought he would be, and oh, they clearly don't no, think so either. This is this, what absolute rampant homerism nonsense. It's oh, not, oh, oh, if my if my head coach and general manager think it's the right move, then I have trust in them. No, you're, you're, no. you're absolutely. What I've just said to you, he's got a burner Twitter account. He's got, no, I'm not listening to the words coming out my mouth. He's got a burner Twitter account that uses hashtag in Lynch we trust every time he. The words coming out of my mouth are as follows. If the Niners feel at this point that all they can get for him is a third round pick, then it means they have realized their mistake. And therefore, if they're that low on him, there must be a problem there for them to let him go for that little, because of exactly the point that you've just made, because he's on such a small contract, because so much was paid for him. If fine, do you know what? They're will, if they're willing to, or sorry, they're able to get a first round pick and a second round pick back for him then fair enough, do you know what, maybe we're cutting our losses and we'll get something back because we need it now. I do not think we've seen enough from Brock Purdy to invest everything in him in the future either. I think there's a lot of upside and I would keep both. I would absolutely keep both. And exactly as you said, my intent is that this is Brock Purdy's team because he's just finished the season where he got injured in the last game unbeaten. It is his team until Trey Lance comes back because he's still not back from his injury and wins that place back. This isn't Trey Lance's team. It's Brock Purdy's team. But that doesn't mean that they're not doing that to put a light, a fire underneath Trey Lance. So right if now this, it's hypotheticals, maybe if spots and whatevers. If um, this has to be Brock Purdy's team right now, then he's soft. What do you Cannot, mean? If, if this ha- what very much appears to be the, the direction that's going, and I think a lot of sports teams are like this, that they have to go like, no, no, no. And, and maybe I'm being harsh here because maybe it's all like the locker room dynamics and all that stuff. But we have to say that Brock's our guy because we're going into the season. He's, he's going to be the guy that starts the first week. He we won't be because he won't he'll be injured. He okay. won't be back. At, so which is point, at, at which point I'd seriously question what on earth you're doing with reports coming out that you're making calls for Trey Lance. Because, well, we don't know that they have actually leaked that. Like, that could Come be his agent. That Where could were you be, born the, yesterday? That could be Lance's agent. Easily as much as it could be the 49ers, right? Let's not be Who's it gonna stupid be, Who's here. it going to benefit? Who's it going to benefit for that to be leaked? Biggest maybe benefit it, is to the Niners. Maybe it benefits Trey Lance because his agent's worried that his guy's going to sit behind Brock Purdy. He's trying to get his guy out now into somewhere like the Colts or someone that's actually desperate for a quarterback where he's got more chance of regaining that number one slot. The agent will be thinking about himself in a couple of years' time as well. The, uh, there's so much absolute grasping of what's going on here. Let it play out and let's analyze what actually happens. Good Lord. That's like that, that's the the worst the worst type of conversation though is when someone's like, no, we're not allowed to talk about this. I've never said we're not allowed. No, we're talking about hypothetical. You want me to condemn my team for something that hasn't happened? I'm not. I'm not saying condemn them. I'm just asking you quite clearly, and you're Uh dancing around it. I've not danced around anything. Do do you think it would be a mistake if the 49ers this off season 
traded away Trey Lance for a third round pick. I think the statement I will commit to is that if we feel that with the best we can get for Trey Lance we, is a third round we, pick, we, we, hashtag, as a hashtag Niners fan, you're talking Sorry. later and you remember a cult. I've <laughs> heard all this before. You all took what's happening here? Am I like what? 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 what hang what on, we're hang on, guys. What we're hang suggesting? On. Two, <laughs> two things. One, does Cameron have a camper van outside? We need to know that because that that <laughs> might be relevant to the conversation. And two, I think we, we need to move on. I've got I've got a couple of questions. <laughs> Let me the draft. That's yeah. hypothetical. We're here to yeah, talk about. Well, can we can we at least get yeah, his yeah. answer? Can we at least get his answer on what does he think? No comment. For the 49ers no to trade Trey Lance for a third round pick this offseason. Yes or no? I do not know the answer to that. So so when I said you're not answering the question and you Oh, went, so no, I'm I oh, okay, fine, fine, fine. Do I think it would be a mistake for us to sorry, I misunderstood you. Yes, I think it would be a mistake to let him go for just a third round pick. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And if the Niners do do that, then the Niners fucked up two years ago when they went way up. And they that is them absolutely we fucked up. It's as simple as that. And he's just, the guy's clearly not it, doesn't have it. He'll go somewhere else and try and win a job. And I well, wish him all the best. But no, I would. it would be a mistake as things stand because of all of the things. Only two, uh, the, eight, the little, minutes. The little, the little as things stand. You know fine well when this happens and he gets straight, if he gets straight for a fourth round pick, Cameron's going to come on with it. Oh, if no nope. believes. That'll be what, what an absolute waste of picks. Um, you know, I would, nope. Yeah, I won't be doing that. Anyway, let's move on to the draft. Paul, I need to ask you this one because obviously in your division, the Carolina Panthers are picking first of all. We know they're going to go quarterback. I was fascinated to read the NFL comparisons that they always do. And I tend to find that they're a load of bullshit. But I still find it funny because Bryce Young is compared to Drew Brees. CJ Stroud is compared to Matt Ryan and Richardson is compared to Cam Newton, which is quite funny because the Panthers have either played with or against all three of those quarterbacks a hell of a lot. Based on that comparison, and if they were to be even 90% of the player they're being compared to, who are you picking first overall? It depends on what style of offense you want to play. I mean, it's, if the, the Panthers have been looking for Cam Newton for years, the replacement for Cam Newton for years. So I think they would go in that general direction. I think that's where they're more likely to go. I mean, we know they're taking a quarterback. I mean, I think the more interesting thing and what the question I was going to put, and I think the more interesting question is what the hell do the Falcons do at eight? Because if you, if I reckon there's five decent top quarterbacks there, they might just be outside that. You know, if the Panthers, Texans, Colts, Seahawks, I would think will take a quarterback Lions and the Raiders could do the same. The Falcons could be the odd one out here. And I, I'm really fascinated as to what they're I, going to do. I don't, the Panthers, it, I don't think Atlanta are in on a quarterback. Well, they, were, they, were out, they, would, they would have made the most sense of all the teams in the NFL to be the Lamar Jackson team because they ran the ball a lot last year. They play indoors, so it'd be a fast track for them. Really good run block and offensive line. And they just came out and just said, we're committed to Desmond Ritter. Are they on a rebuild, do we think, then? Is They've been on be a rebuild for about please? four years. Yeah. <laughs> but is it defensive pieces that they're going to pick up and go top they've defensive They've invested a lot. They have invested a lot. Um, and they've I, obviously I got Kyle Pitts I, and Drake London, and they've got uh, Algier, the running back. They've, they're in a de- decent spot. And if they think they, that Ritter's they, a good also, quarterback. 
they're also the favourites to take Bijan Robinson right now. Yeah, I, I still think going into the season, even in that division with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, who signed for them, is is bizarre. I agree. It's, it's utterly, mm. utterly bizarre, especially when you're at eight. It might not take too much to go up. And the other one, Cameron, just to deflect slightly, I still can't figure out, looking through this, what the hell Washington are up to either. I mean, Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, they've had nine quarterbacks start three years for Ron Rivera. I mean, all it suggests to me is that Ron Rivera doesn't want to get a fifth year in Washington because he's going to be out the door. I would have thought they'd be, he could be out the door everything. anyway once they once they get the change the ownership. But I, yeah, but you would have thought I, you'd I, be throwing everything to get a quarterback. Well, you you would, and I think Howell is a is a bit of a weird one. But I think I think they, they, when you look at Ridder, just go back to Ridder for a minute. I thought he did all right, and actually, you know, he 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 wasn't quite at Kenny Pickett level, but well, there wasn't a hell of a lot of difference, frankly, between the two of them last. Last year, there was he, this. He only threw. He only threw a touchdown in one of the four games he played. Well, he played four games. So that's that's the problem. And I think ultimately, is that enough of a, is that enough of a spreadsheet to be able to judge? That's the that is the the biggest problem and the biggest question. For them. So I, you have, I think you're right about the Lamar thing. I think it's weird that they didn't go for Lamar. Yeah. But the, the other thing I'll say say for Atlanta that could make sense though is that if they go with Ridder and he's not good this year, with the way their roster set out, they probably will pick top five. Which means they are, and next year it's Drake May, it's Caleb Williams. So, so I can kind of understand it in in that sense. Washington, I think, are probably similar. If you start Sam Howell, and he's not the only issue is Ron Rivera will go to Jacoby Brissett if Sam Howell is bad, and Brissett will win them four or five games. In so they'll season. be picking twelve again, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, with a new head coach, they've not. That, Washington that, have not picked top five in, apart from the the Chase Young year. They've, I can't think of the, the time that they've picked a quarterback in the top five in in eons. Haskins, RG three, RG three. Yeah, so over for a decade. Yeah, and they've never had somebody since, really, apart from Kirk Cousins, and he was what second or third round pick, fourth, I think. I remember. I remember when Washington had their heyday in the early nineties. I think they just won the Super Bowl and they ended up having a draft a draft pick right at the top of the draft. And Washington came out and said, we don't need anybody. We're good all over the roster. So we'll just pick. And they just picked Desmond Howard because he won the Heisman. So Desmond Howard went like third in the draft or whatever, which is a ridiculous pick for a kick returner. But that was probably the last time that the Redskins had such confidence in, in the roster. But with the new ownership taking over, it may well be that they're holding off on the quarterback to get the ownership team in place, and then they can decide next year, right, let's go and get our guy. They might not want to get one now, and then ownership comes in after a month and said, you know what, it's not for us. Coming back then to the Panthers at number one, who is the quarterback that they're going to be taking? It's Bryce Young. At like the odds that the bookies are now... Sorry, Cameron, you're not allowed to talk about these things. He's heavily favoured at places where people might spend money, suggesting <laughs> what might happen in sporting events. He's like, he's heavily, heavily favoured at this point. The interesting thing is now, like, number two, no one has a clue what's happening at two, because the Texans... See, the interesting thing was that nobody expected Baker Mayfield to go number one out of that quarterback class. He was maybe ranked number four out of them. And everybody was saying, oh, no, it's going to be this guy who goes number one. And then on draft day, Baker Mayfield went number one. And if you're wanting a quarterback that's going to be 
an AFC Championship quarterback in three or four years' time, near enough guaranteed, then you're going with Richardson. If you're wanting somebody that can come in and start tomorrow, that's that's young. So it depends what level of patience that you've got in your front office. But if I was slightly more of a gambler as a general manager, then I would definitely go for Richardson over uh, the the Richards, the Richardson stuff's fascinating as well. And and I, I think the fact that they traded up and gave up as much as they did compels the, me more. Gordon the fall, the fallen in love. They've fallen in love but, with someone. What, what, I, mean, I, like, I think there's more chance that they've fallen in love with Richardson than with Young. I, so so I, I think it's going to be Young, but if I was them and I gave up that much to move up. I would probably draft Richardson because I think if Bryce Young is as good as he can be and he hits the ceiling, then he's probably probably a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. With the size things and stuff like that, I don't know that you're guaranteed to be a top five or anything. If Richardson cleans up his passing, he is the most unique athlete at quarterback to enter the NFL in a long, long time. He's more He's the size that Cam Newton is but he has the speed of Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, like that type of level of stuff. So if you hit on that, that's top three quarterback in the NFL. The, 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 the really difficult thing is you have to weigh up, like how likely is Richardson to hit his ceiling versus how likely is Bryce Young and all that stuff. Here's a question for you. I hate to drag it back to Lamar, but if you did trade him, would you trade him to the Colts or would you take Richardson? Uh, yeah, no brainer. I, I would, I would love, I would love to be a fan of an NFL team and get to watch Anthony Richardson for the next three or four years because that's Lamar Jackson on his rookie contract up until the injuries. The most fun I've had watching the Ravens by far. So get me Anthony Richardson if I'm watching uh, a rookie mm. quarterback. If you're the Colts, though, would you not just take Richardson yourself? Yes. Yeah. You would like to think that they are thinking like that, given the number of times they've had a swing at a veteran quarterback and made an arse of it. And if he doesn't end up, if he's still on the board after four, does he make it beyond Seattle? Nobody like really knows. That, I, that, it's it's wild though. Like so, this 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 draft is fascinating. Maybe it's maybe this is every year we get to this point where it's a week before, and all of a sudden you just start doubting everything about it. But if you look at this uh, draft right now, you can make the case that it should be quarterback one, quarterback two, someone trades up to three and takes a quarterback, quarterback four, and that's it. And then you start asking questions about Hendon Hooker later on in the first round. But And then it's defenders and defensive yeah. linemen for the next 10 picks or so. <laughs> but but the, the interesting thing is like, no one really knows at this point what the NFL thinks of these quarterbacks, other than I think they all like Bryce Young. So I think the lowest Bryce Young goes is two. If Carolina took Anthony Richardson, I think Young goes two. I don't think there's any way that that changes. He goes one or two. But if he goes one, I don't know that Houston like anyone out of Stroud, Levis and Richardson enough that they wouldn't rather take Will Anderson out of Alabama, the edge defender. See, that, that's that's the thing that's really interesting because Will Anderson is not the best edge defender in this class. Oh, Will, Anderson, Will Anderson has got serious, serious flaws that people just have not talked about. Will Anderson, you, you win three ways when you're rushing from the edge. You win by having 
extreme flex so you can turn the corner and swipe at the quarterback, swipe at the ball. Okay, very, very rare athletic trait. You win by converting speed to power or you win by having excellent hand technique. Will Anderson's hand technique is absolutely outstanding for a player coming out of college. He's absolutely outstanding. But when they played Tennessee and they played against Darnell Wright, who's going to be a, a right tackle possibly in the NFL, Darnell Wright did not extend his hands towards Will Anderson. So Will Anderson had nothing to swipe. Will Anderson just throws. And everybody will have seen that tape. Um, and he doesn't have the the tools to defeat that. I think Tyree Wilson does. Tyree Wilson doesn't have the technical ability with his hands that um, Anderson does have, but his athletic traits are absolutely phenomenal. Watching him chase down the line when he's not blocked to take out a, a running back is um, is, a, is a kind of work of art, the way he does it. I think Will Anderson's been heavily, heavily overrated in this draft class. People have just accepted. Went, oh, yeah, yeah, he's the best, best defender in this. If you go back to the previous draft class with the top edge defender that was taken, he, he doesn't compare, doesn't even share anywhere near them in terms of Oh, I think My, he's better. I think he's better than Walker. I don't think Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walker's a complete outlier. I mean, guys like Miles Garrett or Chase. Yeah. I, I, so the Tyree Wilson thing, I do think is fascinating though, because if you designed an edge defender in the lab in terms of size, wingspan, all that stuff, he's who you create. But it didn't lend itself to significant production in college. Whereas Anderson, there was more consistent production. I like. I, I agree with you. I don't think Anderson's a slam dunk um, best guy in this class. But if you take what he does with his hands and you get him with the right coaches and you can coach up some of the other stuff, then I think he can be special. I don't. I don't think he can, Gordon. I think it's just innate physical ability, and I don't think he has it. I don't think he can convert speed to power, and I, I don't think he's got the the unique level of bend in his hips that's that's going to make him in a, one of those really special edge rushers that fly around the corner but can still manage to contort to get to the quarterback. Fair enough. Just before we move on, uh, when you were listening to quarterbacks, it put me very much in mind of Glenn's, Hutchison, Robertson's and Stepek, which was a, a lovely little moment of uh, nostalgia for me. As I see predominantly vacant faces, perhaps I'm it's only... I'm not Glenn's, Hutchison's, Robertson and Stepek. I saw the yeah. advert every single day in Glenn Michael's uh, cartoon cavalcade. Cartoon, but yeah. I, never, Get on, I, never, I never actually saw a Glenn's, <laughs> Hutchison's, Robertson's or Stepek store anywhere. No, I don't think I saw any of them either. Anyway... They were a great back four, tremendous together. With the right goalkeeper, they would have got on to something special. Where are we with Jalen Carter at the moment? What, so the one? Pretty much every single mock draft I've seen has him going to Seattle at five. Uh, obviously, the off-the-field concerns have been very much detailed. There's still a lot needs to be sorted out there. But it feels like every single person I've seen so far has him going to Seattle, which with those off-field issues and still unresolved as far as I'm aware, it's quite well, a risk to be taking a player as high as it, five. It's all resolved. He's not going to go. He was sentenced. Right. So, um, and that, that's what I mean. I mean, he did get done, but probation and a fine um, <coughs> more than anything else. But what I mean, Gordon, you, you probably know this better. It doesn't seem to have affected his draft or the attention that he's getting in the draft. You know, I mean, it's an obvious red flag, but 
The only so the only thing that I I wonder if the Bears would have just stayed at one and taken him. If I don't I don't know that they would have, but I I definitely think it's potentially. But I'd, like not for all those picks they got in return. They not, wouldn't have it, uh, like, I mean, uh, sports teams do dumb shit all the time. So yeah, it's entirely Bears possible. tend to do a lot of dumb shit as well. So, but I I, <laughs> I, I think the I think the floor for um. I think the floor for Carter is 10 to Philadelphia. I don't think he gets past there. He uh, thinks he's not going past there. He's told everybody he's not going past he, there. I've been knows, told I won't go. He, he knows Q, he's not going Q, past there. Q camera in the draft green room just sitting there. Uh, he's pick 25. He's not. <laughs> do, do, your, like, do your earlier like the, the point about Anderson and stuff like that, and I think there's like there's question marks over who the best edge defender in the class is, but there's I don't think there's any question that what Carter's done at Georgia, I, I think he's the top interior defensive lineman on everyone's board. So, but the the quarterback thing is really interesting though because it, so if Houston don't take one at two and no one moves up to three, you're then at Indianapolis and okay, surely they take a quarterback, but Seattle probably should, Detroit probably should. Las Vegas probably should, Atlanta probably should, and I don't know that any of those four would presented with the opportunity of Stroud and Levis. I don't know that they would take it. Detroit, Tennessee, or maybe the next one. Yeah, Detroit not taking a quarterback at six. I've I've taken genuine abuse on my direct messages on Twitter because I've written a couple of mock drafts where I've suggested quarterback at six. The Lions are a pretty well set up team. You hate Jared Goff. It's not. It's not that I hate Jared Goff, but. Jared Goff has a ceiling. It's a bit, that, it's a bit like having a, a quarterback who has just come in and had one good season, and then you think that he's like a born starter for years to come. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a Brock Purdy analogy, Cameron. I, I know what he's getting at, but I'm kind of like, it's a it's a funny one. If you don't, don't start telling me that Jared Goff is a Super Bowl quarterback and is still is a at Super that Bowl level. quarterback and is still He's at that level Bowl. for the and is still at that level for the Detroit Lions. Do not give me that. So, but the, the Lions last season with Jared Goff were good enough to pick 18th. So realistically, like if they don't take a quarterback at six or 18, they're probably not in position to draft a quarterback next year. Because I think they're probably good enough to float around that wild card spot. So you've you have the sixth overall pick. You you probably won't have a pick that high for a while because you're relatively well set up as a team. But you have to know, looking at that roster, that if there's one guy on this roster that's capping the ceiling, it's this guy. Oh, we're picking sixth. Oh, this is a and he's also on a ridiculous contract as well, which they inherited from the Rams. So, but, I mean, to be honest, though, it's not that ridiculous anymore, I don't think, because it's now been a couple No, of it's comparatively cheap. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I, you, you, this is the problem with sports teams and this instantaneousness of decision making. I don't think enough managers and chief executives re- realize that re- they don't, they don't re- years. No, they don't realize and they don't think that actually someone might just be a one hit wonder. Yeah. You see one hit wonders well, across sport all the time. But but also also though, like I think we overanalyze paying quarterbacks. Like Daniel Jones' contract. When I first saw that utterly like, ridiculous. That that's insane, right? But see two years from now, that's probably that's probably yeah. a bottom ten starter non rookie contract. 
So it's actually probably all right. Like the, the Jalen Hurts one today is the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. Two years from now, he's probably going to be seven because it's just the way it works. So, so is the question here, though, no, what, what on earth are the cards going to do? Because if the Panthers and Texans take quarterback at one and two, why don't the cards take Jalen Carter? I think they why, go why on the phone. Out? I think they, they are going to try and phone that pick, and if, especially if Tennessee, two quarterbacks go one and two. Tennessee going 11 to three wouldn't surprise me. What? Because the Colts are going to go quarterback if Richardson's there. I think somebody, and I think that's what the cards are hope for, right? If they don't, mm. obviously, Will Anderson seems to be the most name that lands there. But, you know, they've just lost JJ Watt. Um, it's fine. There's a lot to fix in the in it's, the desert. It's rebuilt there. Yeah. See, see, if um, you're, see if you're the Texans, though. Right, and, and the chat that's come out recently. So when Carolina moved up to one, it was kind of like, okay, this is fine because they're going to take CJ Stroud. The Texans just take Bryce Young. That's fine. Now that it looks very likely that the Panthers are going to take Bryce Young, all of a sudden now the markets are suggesting that Houston very possibly, even probably now, won't take a quarterback. So if, if Houston were dialed in on Bryce Young, how utterly asinine are two decisions that what one wasn't a decision, but Winning that game the last day of the season, last game of the season, cost them the number one overall pick. And they're then, now they don't like any of the other quarterbacks that they can't get if they're not at one. But also, why didn't they just pay up to move from two to one with the Bears? Like, just make an offer early on, give up a first, give up 12, give up two and 12 and get up to if If Bryce Young's the guy you have to have out those quarterbacks, why did they sit there and let the Panthers jump up above them? Is the gap between Young and Stroud that big? Really? Yes. I, I don't I don't think like, the discussion to, to Ian's I think Ian is in a similar boat here. I don't think the discussion should be Young versus Stroud. I think it's Young versus Richardson because I think Young's clearly the most polished quarterback out of the two. He's a better passer. I think he has more chance to be a franchise quarterback. But the the question is whether or not Richardson's upside can trump that. I, Stroud, Stroud I think will be fine. He might he might be perfectly good as a quarterback, but him as a prospect, I think there's a gap. I think with Young, is, uh, with Stroud as well, you have to remember that he maybe only had one game where he really shone in college football, and that's despite having two tackles that are about to go possibly both in the first round in, in this draft, plus they've got maybe the best wide receiver in college football, maybe the best wide receiver in college football for the last 10 years in, in Marvin Harrison Jr. You'd expect him to put more on tape in terms of what the kind of skill set that he's got. Um, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised Ian, if Hooker goes before him. Oh, I would. He's, he's still injured and he's like 20, will be 26 by the, the NFL season starts, Paul. Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker, Mike, I, I don't think he's going to go in the first round. I just, my, my biggest draft day fear is he's who the Ravens take. Because he's a on the year, first round. Because he's a year young. No, if it's yeah, in the first round, yeah. If they took him in round three or traded back and took him around to fine, but he's only a year younger than Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson's been in the NFL for five seasons. He's old, <laughs> yeah, he's old. He's coming off an ACL injury, and the offense he played in in college isn't the easiest to translate to the NFL. It's a a really really weird guy to be but, off the board early. But he's starting to attract that weird, the weird thing that happens at this time of year 
everybody gets over talked. Everybody gets talked up beyond their thing. That that that's the only reason I'm saying that that he might go before Stroud because he's just picking up whether that's PR, whether it's fluff coming from his own camp, etc. But it does t- tend to snowball. I mean, I think what's interesting is that we're all expecting Bryce Young to go at one. And if that's the case, it makes pick two really, really interesting. It's not like, well, he'll get them and they'll go to them. This is a genuinely interesting top five pick. And I think it's probably one of the more interesting ones we've had in a while. I'm going to I'm gonna bring the conversation back just to now, Cameron, a bit here. But if you are looking for a spot that a team could be willing to trade for Trey Lance and pick-wise... What have they got? Um, I don't know. Whatever the Texans have. The Texans have Two Bobby twelve. Slowick, have Bobby Slowick, who is their new offensive coordinator, who was an offensive assistant in San Francisco. So there's going to be offensive similarities. D'Amico Ryans was there as well. If, if Trey Lance was good at handling a lot of stuff last year, that wouldn't surprise me. And maybe that's... And maybe... So, so maybe then they go, okay, we're, we're giving up a third for Trey Lance. And we're then not taking a quarterback at two or twelve. That that would be really interesting. I go this scenario still that we're just getting a third round pick. Yes, I don't. Well, what, what do you think? You're not getting what, a first round pick. <laughs> if Houston, if Houston gave up two or twelve for Trey Lance, they would be insane. Uh, you're looking Maybe at general manager getting general manager gets fired. If <laughs> so that. if we trade them for two and twelve, I'm going to say good bit of business. Um, We've managed to move on. If you, if you get two or if you get two or twelve, then you should, be, you should be doing cartwheels. <laughs> if you get if you get thirty around pick, if you get thirty three, you should be really happy. Sixty five is the point where it's like, okay, yeah, we're probably we probably should have been trying to get more than that. If if you offer thirty three for Trey Lance, that I would take because you're because like- it's basically a first round pick. It's thirty third overall. I like the fact we've got so deep into this podcast now on the NFL draft and we've still not talked about the best player in the draft yet. Mm. Oh, who's, who's oh. the best player? Oh, it's Bijan. Bijan. Yeah, he, he probably is the best. Like as yeah. much. The, the, the Bijan thing I think is so interesting is, and Ian, you, I'd be interested to know if you're the same. Like, I hate the prospect of the Ravens spend the 22nd, 20, spend the 22nd overall pick on Robinson. He won't be there at 22. But so, but let's we're we're talking in hypotheticals. We're allowed yep. to do that in a podcast, Cameron. Yeah, um, but he won't be there at twenty two. If if he's there at twenty two and the Ravens take him, hypothetically, he won't be there at twenty two. A, a big a big part of me hates it because it's drafting a running back in the first round. But he'd be so fun to watch. Like the the Eagles could take him at ten, and everyone would be apoplectic. Apoplectic. Apo- I don't know how to pronounce that word anymore. Um, apoplectic. That. Thank that you. Uh, that Howie Roseman spent a, the tenth overall pick in a running back. Him running behind that offensive line with Jalen Hurts would just be really, really fun. I'd take him. I'd take him in Green Bay at fourteen or fifteen or whatever they are. How many running backs do you need? Well, Aaron Jones has just restructured his contract, but that's what two years, and then he'll he'll go. I mean, you, you the Danian Tomlinson went two overall, didn't he? Marshall Falk went, but did he go number two overall? You'd. Adrian Peterson went in the top ten. Barkley was Barkley was yeah. four. Barkley was two. I'd maybe well, leave, ba- right, yeah. leave Barkley out of it because of his injuries. But with those three guys, you would say, with hindsight, definitely, definitely a, a value. 
pick, no issue whatsoever. The only issue comes when it, when it comes to the second contract. Do you give them the second contract or not? If you get five years out of a running back and a rookie contract because you took him in the first round, then he hits free agency, fine. Absolutely fine. He, he get, get six, though. So take a quarterback, uh, take a running back in the first round, as long as it's not high. Like, especially once you get beyond 16, I think it gets even more easy to stomach. Because at that point, you're not paying a high amount. You get the fifth-year option, then franchise tag them. Josh Jacobs and Barkley are on franchise tag this year, and it's like $10 million. Six years, if they're a good running back, you get six years. You never once pay more than 10 million. Okay, six years from now, you probably will pay a little over 10, but market value-wise, it'll be about the same. And then you just draft another one. Like There is like an economical value there if you think... It's just the difference between a really, really good running back and an average running back. Would you, Gordon? Would you pick, pick a wide receiver in the top ten? Yes. Okay, because people say that Bijan Robinson is actually talented enough to play slot receiver. But he's not going to play slot receiver, though. This is what. Well, he might. Depends people, what offense he goes. No, in. this is what people do. This is this is the nonsense that other people in this podcast would talk about with Christian McCaffrey, who I've got nothing against. Uh, but, uh, they're play, he's playing running back. Bijan Robinson is playing running back. He might he might catch twenty passes from the slot over the whole season. A season, yeah, he might catch twenty passes from the slot. Bijan Robinson might catch twenty passes from the slot. Um, and that's fine, but that's not a wide receiver. So they're getting far more touches as running backs. There's going to be somebody who's drafted in the first round as a wide receiver that doesn't get twenty catches in his rookie season. And he's going to be labelled a bust. And B. John gets more. Yeah, but it's still not. It's not the same thing, though. Like that's you draft a wide receiver, and he doesn't pan out as a wide receiver. He doesn't pan out. He's a bust of a pick. You draft no, you, then you like do Cordell, Cordell Parson and move him at running back. <laughs> it's a modern. Pat, it's a modern day NFL. Gordon. Pat, Patterson. Patterson should have always been a running back, though. I know. I know. I, I just don't have the frame for it, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I, I know he wasn't always in the slot, but it's worth pointing out that McCaffrey had 80 receptions in his rookie year at Carolina. I, yes. What What was the average depth? 77 of them from out the backfield. Yeah, yes. like that's just not... Austin Eckler had, I think, 100 receptions last year out of the backfield. Or his average yards uh, was 8.1. Which was that's, better that's than Michael per- Thomas at New that- Orleans Saints. Yeah, catch. Per catch. Just not. What do you mean per not, catch? Like it's average. No. Where yeah, is he but, catching the ball? So the depth of target. If you're if your argument uh, is on him being a wide receiver. He's not in charge of the playbook. Fucking hell. He can only catch the a, yards he's there's throwing. There's a massive so, difference to being a slot receiver and then a guy who's it, catching it behind the line of scrimmage or out the backfield. His average yeah, depth was, of the target completely is ab- different. His average depth of target as a rookie was 2.1 yards. That's I think Ian's no. point was that he's a running back that can play in the slot, not that he's going to be played as a slot receiver. Okay. Um, yeah, that's your modern running back should be playing in the slot, frankly, if, if there's an option there. Your modern running back... So you're all agreeing with Ian's excellent point, Lee. No, he didn't know. What he I'm said was that he's value. a slot receiver. It doesn't add value to it, though. If if you draft Bijan and you only play him in the slot as a wide receiver... Who suggested he, that? He actually might... No, no, I'm saying that that might actually be more valuable than... Probably be, probably Bijan Celeste suggested that. <laughs> yeah, he'd make a lot more money. <laughs> anyway, this is making it seem like... I. 
a team a team will take you him. just don't want him anyway so why are you complaining about it? <laughs> no but i think he'll be really fun to watch in the nfl like he might be the best running back in the nfl in year one does he get past point. position three to the cardinals jump at a talent like that in a league where they've seen McCaffrey no, come in. No Kenneth Walker. Anyway. Kenneth Walker's if, going to be a huge player in this division as well. If he if he goes, Kenneth Walker's going to be like just fine. He's not going to be a huge player. I um, disagree. I think Kenneth Walker is going to be a top running back talent in the that's, NF- that's fine, but NFC a top, West. A, a top running back in the NFL is not. A, doesn't move any kind of needle. Didn't say in the NFL. I said a top talent in the NFC West. In the NFC West. Oh wow, yeah. that's a great caveat. A top talent in a four-team division. <laughs> just <laughs> if you're going to throw my words back at me, make sure they're actually my words. That's all I'm saying. Just, so if if he gets taken at two or three. Houston or Arizona are, have made a huge mistake. Are, are you, you're going to leave the NFL in disgust at the decision? Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw my NFL season ticket. It's just don't. But once you get to, I, I think Philadelphia at ten is the first time, and I think that's because it would be really fun to see him play behind that. I think he'll go before that. People get I, people get sucked into the glamour, and they get. I think he goes at eight to Atlanta. Yeah, I think he goes to Atlanta as well. I don't think he gets past eight. And um, again, it'll be fun because they've got a really good run blocking offensive line. He'll put up a lot of numbers, a lot of stats. It'll be great. Probably not going to help Atlanta win many more games. <laughs> Chris, Christian McCaffrey was phenomenal. Didn't win many games. Before, before he got hurt. He didn't yes. need the needle for winning games in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, I think we've been prattling on for a while here. So let's turn to our own teams then. And actually, well, for you lot, Can, I won't bother taking part in this conversation because we've not got a first-round pick. But in order, as we get to them... Oh, yet. So we're getting one for... Well, in in your your fantasy land, (laughs) you're going to get number 12 pick from Houston. but (laughs) Two and 12. Um, so I think first in the list, as we work through it, we fall to the Eagles at 10. That pick coming from the New Orleans Saints. Ian, who do you hope realistically to get at number 10? Um, I think the way it's going to pan out, I think you're going to end up with either Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez um, available at 10 for the Eagles to pick a cornerback. I think both of them are are excellent prospects. They haven't made they haven't made an official visit though with the Eagles, and Porter has, which makes me wonder if maybe they're actually going to do something a bit strange and pick up Joey Porter. But if they took Devin Witherspoon, I would be delighted. Or if they went the incredibly safe route and picked up Peter Skoronsky, I think I would be, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a stirring in my loins, but I would have a perhaps a nice cognac to celebrate. <laughs> uh, that's such an utterly outrageous thought of an Eagles fan actually having cognac. Just That just doesn't doesn't compute, I'm afraid. I love that Peter Skaransky is worth uh, a glass Skaransky, of cognac. Skaransky, he's not even in the NFL, his name's been mis- mispronounced. Skaransky, Skaransky. Um, <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, yeah, Skoronsky is worth a glass of cognac, but not <laughs> something happening in your loins. Um, okay, so we move on from there to Charles Patterson. Um, 
Charles, if mm. in the unbelievable circumstance Richardson is still on the board, um, would you stick with Love or would you want them to go Richardson at 15? If he's still on the board. Yeah. So the 1% chance he's still on the board. If we can talk about hypotheticals on this podcast, then let's do it. Hypothetically, yeah, I would take him, but they won't because he won't be there. Anyway. Um, if if you then traded... What about Levis? Charles Levis might drop. I don't... I've not really seen enough of him, if I'm being honest. And frankly, I don't think that that is the area of major concern, to be honest. I would say that the area of major concern is actually Players still a, still a defence still a defence and listen we all know what they're not going to do they're not going to draft a wide receiver <laughs> I, think, I think you'll go tight end there's a chance they'll go tight end uh, they will go receiver are, just to noise up Rogers surely like the ultimate think that, slap in his face I don't think I don't think he cares and I don't think they care um and I think it is quite interesting that this is taking forever. Don't be surprised if you see the trade actually happen on draft on, night. On on day two. On day what? two. The I mean the the Jets are picking 13 and the Packers are picking 15. Now they're not gonna it, it doesn't look like Green Bay are gonna get the Jets first round pick for this. Although depending on who you believe, I mean Mark Murphy, this this the president of the CEO said that um that it wasn't a given that they needed a first round pick, but apparently the, the rumble in the jungle is that this hasn't happened because actually they are holding for a first round pick. And Rudy Johnson, the Jets owner, got a little bit of fright when he heard that Rogers was thinking about retiring. So it would be interesting to see what happens. I think that there will be movement on the draft with regards to whether he goes or not. If who the, who they who they will pick, I think a tight end is a possibility. I don't like the fact that you pick a tight end at number fifteen in the draft. Personally, I really don't. I think it's it's a bit like over hyping on a quarterback because it's a quarterback. I think that they, I think that they should go um, pass rush. To be honest, I really do. I think they pick up they pick the best pass rusher that's left on the board. They pair him with Gary, and they just they start going after Justin Fields and then and they start chasing him around because that's what they need to do. Chicago, for all that I've slaughtered them year after year after year they have actually made a few good moves in the last few months. And their new general manager deserves a lot of credit for trading out of the number one pick and getting so much. They've got a bit of wide receiver firepower now. We need to see whether Justin Fields can pass the ball. I think they can be legitimately a threat now in that division and you need to be able to take out the quarterback. So I would take the pass rusher. They might also go offensive line just because of Bakhtiari's injury and Elgin Jenkins' injury over the last couple of years. What's the one that's going to make you set up and the most excited? Me? Yeah. Um, well, if they took a wide receiver, I would be laughing all the way at the bank. Um, but they're not going to do it. I mean, if if they picked a, if they pick one of the tight ends, I think is it um, Kincaid or Mayer? Both of them would be described as complete freaks. They need it. They need another receiver. They need a comfort blanket for just for Jordan uh, Jordan Love to be able to. You know, just find someone that's easy. They've got two potentially really good wide receivers. They don't have a tight end. So it makes sense to potentially go for a tight end. I just don't like it at 15. I also wouldn't be surprised if they traded down. Because mm. they've done that before and they've also traded up. So 
I think that the, the, the problem lies in the fact that they're in this holding pattern to a certain extent. I think the Jets are in more of a holding pattern until the the trade is done. And I think I think something will probably happen on draft night or on day two, and that will dictate a lot of what they do. They're not a, they are not a naturally aggressive franchise, so that's why the love pick all those years ago was out of character. And here we are. Start it wasn't that out of character because they went and got Rodgers in the first round. No, with, but, um... yeah, but he fell all that way and he fell into their laps. Yeah. So they they don't tend to trade up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up at 22, Baltimore Ravens would have been 23, but Miami were ball bags during the season, so they don't get their pick. Um, Miami. Yeah. Who are you taking at 22? Who do you think uh, you're taking and who who's getting you up at what will be quarter? Well, not for you, but for us. Ni- nicely, probably about 11 o'clock for me. Uh, it'll be about 4 a.m. for us is what I was going to say. So, <laughs> uh, What I want them to do and what I think they'll do is trade down. They've only got five picks. So I think they'll move down to early to mid second round and pick up another couple of picks. I'd be really happy with that. Uh, if they stay where they are, they will take probably a cornerback, maybe a wide receiver. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Deontay Banks from Maryland corner. If that's what they like, like kind of long, long guys who've got a bit of athleticism about them, would make sense there. Um, I, I don't think that uh, nothing would really kind of make me get out my seat other than maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State fallen. I think he would make a really exciting wide receiver trio uh, for them. And then the other thing is if Richardson starts to fall, uh, I would give up 22 in the first next year to get up 10 or so picks to get him because I just think it'd be fun. thing that will get me out my chair is if there's any kind of Lamar Jackson move, be it a re-signing or a trade at any point during the draft. Because I just want that saga to end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's rubbish, uh, isn't it? I would rather be in that scenario than have Derek Carr as my quarterback, just to be clear. <laughs> so moving on to that, then the New Orleans Saints get the 29th pick via Denver, I believe, via San Francisco, um, as part of the Sean Payton trade that I think I'm due your burger for, because I said you wouldn't get more than a second round pick. Look uh, forward to that. Paul, um, who who do you want and who do you think is coming to New Orleans? I think it gets really difficult by the time you get down. Anything past 25 is difficult because there's always people do strange things above you and you're never quite sure who's going to be there. I mean, Brian Brazer Clemson, um, he's had a couple of injuries which concern me slightly, uh, but he is the most likely guy that the Saints are looking at based on what they think they're going to be what's going to be available at that point. Uh, I'm a believer in best player available. Um, So if anybody does drop down, um, the wide receiver that Gordon mentioned, Smith and Jagba from Ohio State, I'd love to see him, uh, but I don't think he'll still be on the board at that point. Um, So there's various players that I would like to see, but I think we'll we'll just go defensive tackle at that point. Brian Breeze is the most likely one that's there. Is it because he's called Breeze? Well, it was not Brisset. 
Uh, well, I'm saying Breeze because we, we, with the jersey, we can get the jersey back. You know, just stick an extra, uh, you know, wee, wee bit of a number change on it. Honestly, move you know, on. We'll, 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 we'll tell you, I think, I think he's the most likely, but I think that is the problem with the draft when you start to get down there. You just don't know who would fall, but... I mean, I'd love to see us take a wide receiver, but I don't think there's anybody that will be left at that point that's worth a first-round pick at that position. Yeah, I mean, it's it it does feel more the defensive side of things that need freshened up, right? Um, yeah. With the, the players lost, um, all of them. You know, Marcus Davenport's a big loss, I think. Um, be interesting to see what happens. Uh, the most important question, Paul, is with the latest of the picks out of everyone here, will you be setting up to watch it at half past five in the morning? The latest of the picks of everyone here, oh. Cameron. <laughs> tut, tut. I, uh, sorry, I forgot there was anything oh, beyond that. Also, also te- technically, Ian Cameron's the one with the latest pick. It comes probably about uh, Sunday morning. 5 yeah. a.m. on Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm, no, surprised, I mean, I'm surprised we even got him on the podcast to talk about this. Unless they get a third round pick for Trey Lance. <laughs> if I'd known what fucking pressure I was going to be getting, I wouldn't have bothered, right? Um, That's four times you've dropped the airport. Actually, here's a, here's a question. <laughs> if they did get a third round pick for Trey Lance, would that pick be higher than any yes. of the current picks? Well, yeah, because they're all, they've got their, their own third round, which is at the end of the round, and then they've got two compensatory comp, third rounds. Comp picks, yeah. Really? That's fine. It's fine. We just made a championship game. Roster's solid. Right. Uh, at number 30, then, the Eagles. What would have been pick 31 is now number 30. So we extra boost the up. Who are you picking with that one? Uh, I think the Eagles have had quite a few edge players in for visits. They've had Nolan Smith in, uh, who's obviously on the same Georgia championship team as Nakobe Dean and um, our mammoth defensive tackle. Uh, and I think BG Ojolari, but apparently the Eagles are very enamoured with a player called Aditomawa Adibawari. Um Good luck with that, Cameron, if he ever gets drafted by us. <laughs> um, but I think we're going to go edge, possibly with that last pick. Not Felix Anadike Uzoma. I don't think there's so much interest in him. Right, okay. Um, he's a gifted rush, edge rusher. Pretty good at Kansas State Junior, I suppose, but yeah, fine. Cameron, we're you know, not, you, we're you've not done no research. Yeah, Do not bullshit anymore. <laughs> we're not drafting the only player's name that you've looked at and tried to pronounce. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking I think Honestly, the abuse I get on this podcast, I try my hardest put on a show. Um, right, okay. Um, any other news items hitting at the moment before we close this one down or I'm checking rap sheet just to see what's going on but there's nothing in which means that the uh, the Rogers Lance straight trade swap has not happened yet that must be going through later tonight Tua says he admitted he considered retirement Uh, okay probably as he was was lying on the field of his hand in that (laughs) body position (laughs) yeah um, don't blame him, but yeah, um, that'll go down well in Miami. Oh, maybe we should draft a quarterback this year. Hang on, we forward to forfeited our pick for that quarterback. <sighs> yeah, yeah, dear. Um, okay, well, I think that's pretty much it. We are going to try and get together on the Friday after the draft 
we will hopefully pick apart and have some hot takes that are slightly better than this hypothetical pish. We'll talk about real things that have actually happened, which will be fun. Um, but do enjoy the draft when it comes around. Hope you sit up and watch it. Keep an eye out on the NFLScotland.com website because we have all got together, the writers and the podcast team, to make our picks. So the combined NFL Scotland mock draft will come out at some point in the coming days ahead of the draft. Keep your eyes peeled for that. But as ever, enjoy your football and thanks for taking the time to listen. Bye for now.